Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. So do, does anybody here like to wait? And I mean, if you do, you are special. Like, like, we, like we love you. But, but, but honestly, waiting f- is not something that we are very good at. And I don't know about you, our culture doesn't help with this. How many of you have one of these? We want everything right now. We want information right now. We want to order Amazon right now with how many clicks? One click. Not two. Not three. One. And soon you're going to be able to not even click. And your brain will just buy it for you. Like, like, we are built on doing things the fastest way. Like, how many of y'all have been to Chipotle? Do we, do we have any Chipotle fans here? And it's, it's amazing to me, right? Because at Chipotle, you come in, you walk up, bowl, brown rice, beans, no juice, steak, pico, Sour cream, just just a touch, not the whole glob thing. Like just just a touch, cheese and lettuce, and we we are literally go up there, and within ninety seconds we have a full plate of food that we are walking out with. Culture is not helping us become better at waiting. Culture is not helping us, and that and waiting does not come naturally to us. How many of you have kids? And it is like, it, it's not something that we are just in born with. There was actually a study done by a, by a Stanford professor called the Marshmallow Project. The Marshmallow Project. In 1960, a guy took, chilled, t- uh, he created an example of how hard it is for kids to wait. He tested hundreds of young children by placing each child in a private room accompanied by a single marshmallow placed on the table. The researchers then offered each child a deal. If you wait, I'll give you a second. If you don't eat it and you just wait, you get a second marshmallow. But if the child did not wait, they wouldn't, um, did not wait then they would get no second one. And the results of the marshmallow experiment underscore the difficulty humans, it doesn't matter what age you are, have when it comes to what's, what is the word, waiting. Some children ate the first marshmallow immediately. How many of you, honestly, you would have been the first, like you, you would have just ate it? Right, but some actually waited. But here's the thing. 
researchers followed all of these children over a span of 40 years and followed their lives. They followed them and actually what they saw, those that had the ability to wait showed better standardized testing scores, healthier, responded better to stress, had fewer substance abuse issues, and demonstrated better social skills. The ability to wait proved pivotal to the success in almost every single case that they saw in these kids' lives. How good are you at waiting? I mean, how honestly good are you at waiting? It doesn't come natural to us. Culture's not helping us. And then we have a God that tends to work not in days, but in decades. So we have got a culture that is shaping and forming us not to wait. Instinctively, we struggle with waiting. And then we have a God that tends to work in the waiting. Do you see why it can be so hard? Like, I searched the Bible, right? I'm a pat. Like, I searched the Bible to, like, try to find one person, one story, like, one thing where God worked according to the timetable that somebody wanted him to. Or God worked the way he wanted him to. I couldn't find it. Even Jesus, his own son, I don't know if you remember this, but he asked his father before he was about to be crucified he said if you could do this thing a different way do it i really don't want to die here but not my will but your will but i mean you could just see abraham like god told him you're gonna have a son and through that son you're gonna have so many offspring this is gonna outnumber the stars abraham was a hunted a hunted in body, mind, and spirit. He ain't had no child yet. Moses, he waited so long, he didn't even see the promise. Even David, he wrote a psalm, and one of the words in his psalms was, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? You might actually be shocked to actually know one of the central themes of Christmas is waiting. Even, even, before, even before Jesus came, there had been 400 years of silence in the land, Israel. Typically, Israel, they would have these things called prophets, and they would come, and they would speak God's word, and they would say, hey, this is what God is saying. Like, you need to listen to what God is, is, is saying. And so they would come, and they would say, thus saith the Lord, and they would speak, and the people would respond either in a good way, a bad way. But they had somebody speaking. And, but, but then there was 400 years of silence where God was silent, where there was no thus saith the Lord. They had had prophecies like the one, in, like the one within Isaiah 9 that we all know that we center Christmas on. Like, for to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Peace, Prince, or Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish. This was a great promise that God gave, but they didn't know when it was going to happen. Have you ever been there? I know God said it. 
I don't know when he's going to do it. I feel like this is what God's leading me to do, but I don't know when he's going to do it. And this was spoken hundreds of years. Like Israel was waiting. When is this going to happen? And there was this period of waiting in even 400 years. When is God's voice going to... Can you imagine being Mary? Comes, you know, the angel comes to Mary. Hey, by the way, I know you're a teenage girl. Um, you're going to get pregnant with the Savior of the world. How are you doing today? Can you imagine from the point the promise was given to the fulfillment, what her anxiety was, what she was thinking? Is this really going to happen? Is what God said actually going to happen? What we find in the Christmas story, even, when, even this word, Advent, do you know what that word means? Arrival or coming. It's actually essentially saying like you're waiting for something or somebody. Even what the purpose of when people say journeys, Advent journeys, what they're saying is put yourself in the position of the Christmas story and get to feel what it's like to be waiting for the prophecy to happen. Why? Because it wants to help us because you think Christ came a first time, but Christ is coming again. That's not good news for anybody. Okay, well, Christ came one time as a baby, but Christ is coming a second time as a king. But the thing is, what are, what, what are we doing? We're waiting. Don't y'all feel it? Aren't y'all like, well, God, y'all see the craziness out in the world? What you doing? Why haven't you arrived yet? But that's the thing. Advent, even the purpose of it, is it's to get us in the, in the rhythm of waiting. To put ourselves back in the story so we can actually feel the tension of when God speaks and when God does it, that can be a hard time. And some of you know exactly what I'm saying because you're there right now. You believe God has called you to be a certain, in a certain position in your job and you're stuck in one you hate. Believe. You know God has called some of you to have a spouse and you're single. Some of you believe God is going to heal you right now when you're suffering. And you're like, God, this is what I believe you've said, but this is my, re but this is my reality. How do you do this space well? In other words, how do you wait well? It's not if you're waiting. Some, you might not be waiting on anything. But it's not if you're waiting, but it'll be when you're waiting. And I believe that there's one of the greatest gifts this Christmas that I could give you. It's not a cute little sermon about the shepherds or Mary. I, I want to give you the gift today of a few thoughts on how you can wait well. And how you can, in this in-between space where the promise is given, yet the promise happens, this, this, this space, how do you do that part? Well, I want to give you the most pastoral thing ever, three thoughts. <laughs> Pastors give three points. We can't give two. It's weird. Four, it's even longer of a sermon. Three, something right about three. So I want to give you three thoughts on how you can wait well. The first one's this. You, you've got to remember God's promises. We have a tendency to remember the things we should forget and forget the things we should remember. Welcome to being a human. 
especially when you have inputs every day. I mean, do y'all understand how important it is to guard your thoughts, guard your mind? Like, put a gate at your brain. Like, realize you can control what goes in. And that's why in 2022, some of y'all need to do a social media fast. Put that gate up. I'm not going to take their toxic energy. I'm not going to take their vicarious trauma on me. I'm going like, I'm, I'm to put a gate here to guard out because, because here's, here's the thing. If you don't remember, you'll forget. If you don't remember, you'll forget. Even the psalmist said, said things like this. David said, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have, what? Done. He said, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. And what he's saying here is that sometimes you got to look back on the faithfulness of God because it gives you fuel to have faith in the future. If you're sitting in this room, God's been faithful to you. I, I know you might not feel it. I know right now in this moment, in this circumstance you're in, you might not feel it. But if you're breathing, you're blessed. And sometimes you have to pause your journey and look back because you have forgotten how good God was then and how faithful God was then. And if he was faithful then, he will continue to be faithful in the future. You've got to remember the promises of God. But one thing that I have found is you've got to make sure you've got the right promises. My God. If you're in the Christian scene, whatever, online, there's, there's this cute word now called deconstruction where people are, are, are basically deconstructing their faith and they're saying, I don't know if this Christian thing is really true because what I was taught growing up isn't really true. And what I find in that, it's because they were built on wrong theology. They were built on wrong promises. So like they were built on, you know, so let me just tell, tell you all, like it's not just remembering God's promises, but you got to remember the right ones. So let me just Give you some things God doesn't promise, because I think we need to start there. God doesn't promise that your life will be easy. I know preachers have to just follow Jesus and your life will be great. I'm sorry if I said that. Like when you invite Jesus, what? Because sometimes when you invite, like when you invite Jesus, what that actually does is gives you more opposition. Like you, you, you break because you've entered into a spiritual battle, you have an enemy. So many times when, when you start to follow God, it's going to get a little bit worse. It might appear that way, that way. But here's the thing. God doesn't promise you life will be easy. Secondly, God doesn't promise you you'll get everything you want. I know y'all want to name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. <laughs> Speak it and reap it, you know, like anyone else got any more? Sing it and, okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to come through for me, Calvin, but it's, 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 it's okay. But it's like we, we want a genie sometimes more than we want a God. And that can be a hard reality for us to acknowledge. Because we sometimes want, because, and I mean really even too, if we asked our kids what kind of parent do you want, one that gives you what you need and one that gives you what you want, you know what they're going to say? I want one to give me whatever I want. But that's immaturity. At the end of the day. And so some of, some of you have built like you've, you've said, well, God hasn't done this for me. Then because, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because maybe you got the wrong expectation. 
And thirdly, God doesn't promise you that he'll answer every prayer according to what your will or timing is. I mean, he, he, y'all, it's, it's like, you know, we, he, he sees things you don't see. He understands things that you don't understand. He sees sides of the story you don't. He's got 70 camera angles. You got one. You know, and, 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 and it's, it's like, but at the same time, I don't know if you were brought up in this, but I was brought up in, you know, it's just, and not that God doesn't answer prayer because I've seen it. He does it. But at the same time, it's not us going to God. You will do this. It starts us with us saying, thy will be done. And his, thy will is not always fun or comfortable or easy or convenient. God doesn't promise this. Well, let me tell you a, little, uh, a couple things that God does promise. Number one, he promises you that he will never leave you or forsake you. Like, he is with you. And the greatest example of this is Jesus. Like Jesus got murdered and crucified. His father was with him. Jesus, though, felt when he said on the cross, why do you forsake me? He felt that way. That's a real feeling. But here's the thing. When you're walking through what you're walking through, you can know you're not walking through it alone. But some of the times we kind of invite the stuff we walk through. And we call it the devil. But it's, it's your decisions. You know, and, and so we, y'all are like, I wanted a Christmas message. This is not a Christmas message. I thought we were going to get nice shepherds and Mary and baby being born. Well, welcome to Lifehouse. We love you. We want to help you today. No, but, but he, he, y'all, and, and that's why he's Emmanuel. God with us. You have a... Jesus, it says he was tempted and tested in every way we were, yet was without sin. But the Jesus, Jesus was filled with the same spirit of God you have access to. So when you walk through it, I don't care how many times you have failed, you have the capacity within you because of the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had within him to walk, to, to, to never be without God, no matter where you go. Okay, he promises. Secondly, though, he promises he will give you what you need. Well, you got to make sure what you need aligns with what God thinks you need. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like our needs, like in our society, in the United States, like wants have become needs. Like I just don't need food, food and clothing. I need Versace <laughs> and Whole Foods, which stands for whole paycheck. If you shop there, you know it's true. I'm like, how is this carrot ten dollars? I know they're organic. <sighs> but it's like, you know, it's like we have to make sure we understand or we have, like, like God's needs and your needs could be different. And that's why you, you, you have to say, God, like, I, I want to make sure that the culture, what co the culture defines as wants, hasn't trained me to, to make it a need. But God promises to give you what you need as you seek him in his kingdom first. God does promise you as well that he will work out all things for your good. Even the decisions that aren't so good. Like God is so good. He'll take your dumb, your dumb decisions and your dumb choices and make it a recipe that will actually work out for your good and for his glory. Welcome to my life. And that's been your life, I know. 
But sometimes you have to give him those, those things that, that you have done and said that you are being beat down with shame and guilt and condemnation. And you need to release them to him because he will take it. Because here's the thing. Like, we, we can't, I mean, things that were meant to destroy you can be used to build you. That's the way God works. Physical liabilities you've grown up with, you've had, that, that you even had, like, sick, like, all of these things, if you just say it's not wasteful, God can use it. He'll use it. He promises that. But lastly, he promises that through him you can have a supernatural peace that doesn't make sense. Philippians 4, like in this crazy world that's going crazy, like you still have, you still have sanity. You know, like you're, you're, you're still loving people. You know, like you are, you're still present. You know, like, like these, these are the promises. And, and here's the thing. These promises are all about building you, not changing your circumstances. All of these things are meant to change you more than your circumstances. Because many times the things we want to change are the very things that are going to grow us. And, and, and so that's why we have to shift to make sure the promises are right. Right? I'm remembering the right promises. When something happens, God, you can use this for my good. I didn't see this job loss. I didn't see this divorce. I did not see this happening to my child. I did not see this physical sickness. I did not see it. And there's a period where you, where you dwell in the why. Why did this happen? But then as you know God will use it, it shifts from why now to then, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to build in me? And then that's where the promise is. Like, you need to remember those promises. Instead of God, yo, yeah, you promised my life would be great. It's not great. You're terrible. And that's what a lot of people have fallen into. Not because, it's because they have bad promises. Remember the promises of God. All right, secondly. The second way to wait well is wait actively. So there's a guy in the Bible, his name's Simeon. Everyone say Simeon. I mean, he's not a real well-known Bible character. He's, he's, you know, he wouldn't be in the Christian bookstore as one of those little, like, carved-out figures, right? Those are the more well-known Christmas, Christmas people. But Simeon was actually in Luke chapter 2 that, that talks about the Christmas story. And what it actually says about him in Luke, in Luke 2.25, it says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was Eagerly waiting, everyone say eagerly waiting, for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And then it, um, and then it says this, it's, it's, it's not a scripture on there. And then it says, the Holy Spirit was upon him and, and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So you had this guy, Simeon, he's serving within the temple, like for a hundred, like for however long he was alive. And it says he was eagerly waiting. And that word right there is the Greek word. If you speak Greek here, you can, you can correct me. But it's the Greek word pros... Oh, a stuttering. This is hard for a stuttering guy to say. The longer the syllables, stuttering people struggle. Okay? Prosdecami. Prosdecami. I know, right? <laughs> Proud of myself. Prosdecami. And, and what that word means, it's waiting, but it... It's not waiting, twiddling your thumbs. It's not a waiting of like, oh, God. Uh. 
the connotation here is he's actively waiting. Expectantly waiting. Like he's sitting there like, serving in the temple. But man, this Messiah's coming. And he's doing what he's doing. And he's doing what he's doing. But man, I know the Messiah's coming. I know the Messiah's coming. And I love, I love this small detail that Luke points out because it, this is a way you wait well for someone that had been waiting a long time. If, here's, here's, a, here's, here's the thing. There are two kinds of waiting, good waiting and bad waiting. A bad waiting is you're saying, God, I'm not going to do something until you do something. I'm not doing nothing. So, so it would kind of be like, oh, I don't have the job that I want. Screw the job I have. I don't have a spouse yet. Well, Tinder, I'm going to live it up. And really what you're doing is you're wasting your waiting. Basically telling God, until you give me what I, what I want, I'm not going to be faithful where I am. And that's why you have to work while you're waiting. You're saying, obey the last thing that God told you to do instead of waiting for the next thing God tells you to do. I love how Simeon was faithfully serving in the temple, faithfully obeying the last thing God told him to do. Some of you are so concerned and fixed on what you want God to do, you're not faithfully serving in, what God, in where God has you right now. Maybe you're single. What I would say is, take advantage of your singleness. Maybe you're suffering right now, and you're waiting for a treatment. You're waiting for therapy. You're, you're waiting. And what I would say is don't waste your suffering. Find somebody to encourage. Find somebody to get in the game with. Find somebody that is there with you. Don't, you know, here's, here's the thing. Some of you financially, it's, it's like you're waiting for, to hit the lottery. And God's like, get a budget. Like, don't wait for the big breakthrough be faithful with little because then god can trust you with much be faithful in the little work while you're waiting do not just waste the season actively wait in whatever you feel like you're waiting for the best way to wait is to fully engage and fully indulge in where you currently are why because then you'll go into the next season with as much passion energy and focus as you're putting into right now. Some of y'all want a change of scenery and you change scenery so you don't have to change. And then you find whatever scenery you go into, everything's the same. They're, it's their, 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 their problems. And just wherever you go, there you are. I'm, this is a Christmas message. Like, I should, should be nicer. <laughs> but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you wait well. I'm trying to help you wait well. So here's the thing. You remember the promises of God. You need to have those playing, the right promises. Secondly, you wait well. Like, like, like here's, the, here's, here's the thing. Like, don't, don't just waste your life getting to retirement. Because the, the, the world's thing is like suffer at your job for 60 years, suck it up, and then whew, get to retirement. And it's like, y'all, don't, don't miss what God wants to do at your job. Don't miss how God wants to use you at your job. Don't miss who God wants you to reach at your job. Don't get so focused on, 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 on where you want God to put you that you miss what he wants to do right here and now. Actively wait. Is that good? 
All right, last, lastly, and this is gonna sound simple and really easy, but get to know God. And let me tell you why. Because I've found the more you get to know someone, the more you trust them, the more you kind of realize why they operate the way they do. I love my wife. Is she in here? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> you know, it took me seven, eight years to realize, like, there were periods where just, like, my wife would get angry. And then I feel like, like, after eight years, I realized that there was a contributing factor to that. It's called hunger. <laughs> and so, like, she would be hang, hang, hangry. Y'all, y'all know hang, hangry? Like, she, she was getting angry because she was hungry. And I'm like, I can control that. Let's go get some Chipotle. Like, <laughs> let's go, right? But it was, it was like, but the way that happened is because I, I, I got to, like, we, we grew together. We got to know each other more. So that bred trust. So then when I could sense when we're out, she's getting a little angry. She's not angry at me. She's not angry at what I said. She's not angry. Her little tummy is hungry. (laughs) And I can do something about... She's just hangry. And and, and there is this fascinating scripture in 2 Peter 3, right, where, where, you know, where it says, it says, "The, the Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's, he's being what? Patient. For whose sake? Your sake. But you won't understand that unless you know him. Because when you don't have that relationship, you can misinterpret. You can totally, in the same way I misinterpret my wife's anger. It's just hunger. You can misinterpret the Lord as he's being slow. But when you get to know him, he's actually being patient. For your sake. Because your tendency is to want ease and comfort. His goal is to grow you. His his goal is to change you. It's not to give you ease and comfort. So a way you wait well is you realize you've got to get relationship with God. Some of you don't have that. Some of you do, but but you know it's not where you need to be. And because of that, distance creates distortion. It just does. And so if, if you are consistently like building this, re- this relationship, then there will be a greater tenden- tendency to misinterpret the work that the Lord is doing. And what I have found, I've been serving Jesus. This even grieves me to say this for 22 years. I'm 38. I'm going to be 40 soon. I've been serving Jesus for 22 years. And it's, it has taken, like, you realize in your relationship with God, it's like you, you, you realize different things about him the, the longer you've been serving, serving him. And what I have realized is that when God is asking you to wait, because here's the thing, y'all, I have asked God to heal me for so long. And, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, you know, y'all goes, oh, well, John, you don't stutter that bad. You want me to show you a video from when I was 21? Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but you, you see, but, but you see, like, you don't, you don't, like, I, I've been asking God, Lord, you, you got power, you created the Lord, you can do anything. 
But what I haven't done is said, well, I'm just going to wait, wait for him to heal me before I do work on my own. Do some speech ther therapy. Get some reps in the game. What I found preaching is like driving a stick shift. You grind your first five, seven, ten years, you're grinding gears, trying to figure things out. So it, it, was, it, it, was, it was like there, there had to be this period of, of like, I'm, I'm just not going to wait for him. I'm, 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 I'm going to do work on my own. But the thing is, is this process has changed me <laughs> more than I could ever imagine. More compassion, more empathy, more perspective. And those are all things I can almost guarantee. If, if I didn't have this gift of stuttering, <laughs> I would be a pompous punk. <laughs> and so I look at it not as God is being a punk or God isn't giving me the promise, but I'm like, he's being patient. And if he heals me, it's on him. If he does it, I'm content because I'm patient. Because he's patient. He's not being slow. He's being patient. But what I have found is that in this process, God has given me strength to wait. And that's what God promises. God doesn't just promise to, 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 to do things in a patient way. The God that works in patient ways will give you strength to wait. I love this promise that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah 40, the same book that it was prophesied about Jesus coming. He tells this prophecy a few chapters later, and he's, he says this, he's, and, and he's speaking the context here. He's speaking to, to the Jewish people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're in exile. They're sick of being ruled, and, and they are just waiting for to be rescued. And what he tells them is, he says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who what? Wait, Wait on the Lord. They will renew their what? Strength. They shall mount up with wings like, easel, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. For some of you here today, you are so weary of waiting. And I don't know what you're waiting for. There's a couple hundred people in this room. There'll probably be a couple hundred different answers. Some of you are waiting to be healed. You're sick and tired of, of suffering and struggle. Some of you, your marriage is in shambles and ruins. Some of you, you're, you're waiting for your financial tables to turn. Some of you, you're waiting for your job situation to turn. Some of you, you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And for some of you today, like what you need to be encouraged with this Christmas season, the gift that you need to be given this Christmas season is the gift of renewing your strength is the gift of renewing your spirit and your heart. For some of you though today, like some of us, like some of you need to don't know this God that gives strength. And you need to like start a relationship with God today. But, but, but here's the thing, what I felt like as I was praying about this Christmas service is I want God to inject into each one of you here, here tonight 
strength and perspective to wait well. Because Christmas is more about waiting than we think. But what Christmas teaches us is as they waited for Jesus to come the first time, we're all waiting for Jesus to come the second. Whether that is when, when you die, you go and see him, or whether that is rapture, who knows? But my prayer is that God would inject in all of us a breath of fresh air to have a different perspective about waiting. And then we would almost be rebellious and say, I know the culture's trying to shape me to just want stuff now. This dang phone. Like, no, like, we're, we're going to wait well. Would you stand with me? Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us next Sunday online or in person. For service times, visit lifehousenn.com.